Okay, ramblers, let's get rambling. Now where it is now, everybody wants a piece of the market. <laughs> oh my God, that is funny! I don't remember asking you a thing. I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown, I amuse you? With all due respect, what the f*** are you talking about? Oh, I'm sorry, did I break your concentration? What the f*** is so funny about me? Tell me. Tell me what's wrong. You represent the idiocy of today. I did not know that. English mother do you speak it? Are you listening to me? That's my together, is my together. Nice personality combination, hostile and intolerant. So that's, that's it then. No one else really knows anything. Welcome back to Sexy Jacks. I'm Tamal Matt Weber. It's a Friday appearance. Um, S&P Futures down 28 and S&P down 146. So not a, had a, had a big turnaround yesterday. Another 80 points spin in the Dow. We were talking about how we were up in the morning. Well, we didn't finish up. The Dow Futures down 156. And we have Mr. Kevin. You do. Good morning. How are you, bud? You were in, you were in Indianapolis? You and, you and Russell having like yeah. a breakfast or coffee or something down there? Uh, no, Russell, Russell would never hang out with the likes of me. I don't know. Did you hear his story the other day about the the apartment he must have got down there frugally that they went all he went half the summer without power for AC. Now he doesn't have any heat. <laughs> he wasn't all that happy the other morning about his his, his domicile. Uh, you'd think that guy'd be like in some penthouse somewhere. I, I would think. I, I would think that you know, in, uh, University of Indiana would be so happy to have him that they would have made that part of the deal. That you know, the the penthouse would have been there. In fact. He'd have a penthouse over in Bloomington. He'd have one in uh, in Indianapolis where he, he teaches, and then we would probably be able to throw in. Oh, I don't know. We can come up with something. Um, you know, maybe high speed. Uh, um, you know, or limousine to get him home every weekend. A, a Maybach. <laughs> What's this? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I've been to the auto show in a while. I've not seen him a, a Maybach. Opening nights tonight, right? Yeah. Um, well, is tonight the uh, uh, what do you call it? the the charity event? It might be. Yeah, because I think it's on a Friday. That, that was always kind of fun. Uh, we had a client, when I say we, PTI had a client uh, who was the uh, head of, you know, it was a volunteer organization, but he was the head of the Illinois Lung Association. So, of course, we always got tapped for about four tickets to the, there's, there's some kind of a deal, and it's, you know, it's been a while, but there's, is it nine charities, Matt? There's only nine, nine, nine maybe ten, that get to uh, sell tickets and you have to sell like you know 200 tickets if you don't they boot you out of the nine but you're only good for nine years or 10 years and they boot you out and get new people so you know it's all the charities the diseases and whatever else and uh so they were in there and he always had uh it was it was really nice i mean they had a uh downstairs in mccormick place and if you've ever been there i mean downstairs there's all these kind of private rooms and they always had a, a bar and a buffet beforehand you could hang all your coats and they Private rooms, bar, buffet. Oh, yeah. Are you talking about a strip club? Well, but then, it, you know, some people never even went up to the show. But it was all, t- you had to wear a tuxedo and, you know, formal dresses and stuff. And not that, you know, people watching this can be can be a lot of fun, but the, the best thing was all the guys who still thought they fit in that tuxedo, right? And all the ladies, <laughs> who, and all the ladies who, who still thought they fit in those formal gowns, let's just say, some part of them fit, but not all. 
<laughs> Every, everybody was spilling out all over the place. As long as, as long as the right parts don't fit, that's kind of cool. Well, it's amazing. Hey, do, uh, do you own a tuxedo, Tom? Um, I'm going to be uh, absolutely crazed and, be, and and totally insult myself. I have three of them at various sizes. <laughs> do you? Okay, so you own three. Do any of them fit now? I think I can squeeze into the last one. <laughs> okay. I have one actually. Uh, Matty Weber is welcome to it. It is a Ralph Lauren 42 extra long. It, I paid a fortune for that thing. It's really, really nice. The other ones I just got at like Men's Warehouse or something. The first one is really nice. And, of course, I haven't worn that. I mean, I, can you imagine me being a 42? That's pretty slender. I'm still having a hard time imagining you in a tuxedo. Well, I'll tell you what. It, uh, um, the, 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 what do you call it? The, the vest can cover a lot of sins. <laughs> Or a cummerbund, or whatever the thing is. If you nice yeah, I was going to say, tighten up that cummerbund. Yeah, yeah it, it, it can cover a lot of cummerbund is another man's girdle. Oh yeah, no, no kidding. <laughs> but you know what? It was, it was a lot of fun. One year, I was in an economic club in Chicago, and the day before, if it opens tonight or tomorrow, would have been lunch yesterday. You got to go with lunch when they were still when they were still uh, like putting the whole thing together, and that's why I had somebody from was vice chairman of uh, GM was on the show a couple times. Remember that, Manny? Yeah, yep. and. Uh, so yeah, it was it was kind of fun, and but the weird part was they they actually let you get in the sports cars, right? So downstairs they had all these sports cars, and you know I'm a pretty tall guy even now, and some of them came up to like my waist. That's how short you know like there was a McLaren, McLaren they're made in Canada. I, I don't know maybe where those things made. The thing the thing couldn't have been three and a half feet high, and you know zero to sixty and you know whatever two seconds or some bizarre number. So of course Audrey gets in the thing. Because Audrey's pretty limber, and uh, I had to grab her hand to help her out. And uh, this, you know, this is she's still limber now, but she was real limber when she was younger. She goes, "God, I felt like my ass was like an inch off the ground." I said, "Well, because it was those things." I don't those know, are I, made in England, by the way. Okay, w- what's the one that's made in Canada? Some some handmade sports car that's made in Canada too. I don't know. Anyway, but they're all lined up in a row, and you actually could sit in the in the in the Bentley, and and it was a. Uh, but no, you can't do that during the show. It's all you know, corded off, but. It's it's pretty neat, and uh, you know a lot of good stuff. And if you wanted to get on one of the where they drive the jeeps around the uh, the track and stuff, I mean you could get in there real easy with nobody else around. But and they they, and they rattle off a rattle, um, raffle off a car as part of the thing because the tickets you know two hundred fifty bucks. It was fifteen years ago. It was two hundred fifty bucks, so it was a real ticket. And uh, and all the money like ninety percent of the dough went to charity. And upstairs where all the bar you know where all the booze was and all the food was all donated by somebody. So. It's very rare. I mean, those that maybe don't know, if you own a business and you uh, say PTI wanted to buy four tickets to this thing, there's always a ratio that they give you how much of it is you can write off, right, Mitty? Where like if uh, if it's if it's a four hour ticket and yet you're going to eat steak at uh, you know whatever Morton's or someplace, and if one, you might it might be fifty percent might just be for your consumption and fifty for charity. But this thing was ninety or ninety-five percent for charity. So if the, you know, for the so the the ticket was two fifty, and you got to write off like two twenty-five. Not that that's why you did it, but I mean it was almost just about all charity, which was which is pretty neat. Anyway, yeah, that you, is. That, you know, it, it is nice when uh, people actually do donate their uh, efforts and uh, and a lot of the product that is is used in it, and so the the overhead is very low, and you wind up doing some real good with it. Because there would be a, nice. a spot for, like, you know, 
Asian food donated by you know somebody somebody, and uh, you know sure, yeah. and uh, so and, you know there, there was a, wi- a wine thing for by donated by you know well, and, and, and for them it's 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 also tax deductible donation but it's it's marketing too it's you know there's, there's a yeah. lot of people who will get to taste their food or you know see their you know sample their wares use whatever services provided and uh, and and get a load of it have a good feeling about it. Um, so you know, it's it's one of those things that um, you know falls under the category of it, it's a right thing to do, and it's also a smart thing to do. And I like when those converge; it makes it a whole lot easier for uh, people to do to do the right things. Well, it was nice that they had some some chow at this group uh, because if you, upstairs they had they had like plenty of food. The first thing you had to do was you had, there was no place to sit, so you'd have to look at it and say, okay, is this. Is this finger food? Can I eat this standing? They wouldn't let you like go sit on the hood of a car. <laughs> that would not have been appropriate. So you had to kind of look get, at just get out the tablecloth and spread yeah, your, yeah. Know, get out the tablecloth and spread it over the car. But you know, I, the one thing was the uh, Illinois Lung Association. Uh, for, you know, this is, this is history that you know I, I'm supposed to know. I guess uh, even though it was before my time. All these all these lung associations started out as the as the tuberculosis societies. You know, back in the in the and and every I mean that was just a horrendous disease, and I don't even think uh, I don't think penicillin. You know, man, if you get a chance, one of the antibiotics was specifically targeted toward tuberculosis. Was it amoxicillin, Kevin? One one of them. I don't think penicillin might have helped, but I don't think it knocked it out. But one antibiotic. Yeah, I I, I couldn't tell you what they are. But one of them. One I, of them I couldn't was, tell you which one was targeted for which. But if you talk about what happened during the COVID and people. I mean, I probably said this on the air. You know, kids not going to school. Well, the difference between people's attitudes towards teaching education, I'm just going to tell you the story. I'm not going to make a, a political comment here. They had pictures of kids That's going... That's my job. That's your job. They had kids going to school in the wintertime, and they were so worried about TB that literally they took the walls and the roof off the classroom. And there were pictures of these kids in these snowy areas where there's snow all around them, and there's a raised, you know, wooden floor with desks, kids with their coats on and their gloves sitting there writing and being taught because they still were going to go to school even though they didn't want any kids getting TB. And th- so the difference in attitude is was so dramatic between that and, and the teachers are teaching, and it looks like it's, you know, whatever, the snow's not melting, so it had to be below 32. And there's pictures of that going on. And what people did is sort of with the same fears that we had during COVID may be worse because I think TB is probably worse. Uh, well, people died from COVID, so you can't get worse than that. But I'm saying it was, you, you saw what people went through until there was a cure. And, you know, it, it was pretty scary, Kevin. I mean, when, you know, it's not that COVID wasn't, it was, but uh, I mean, it was, but the, the way people dealt with it, I mean, I, can you imagine being like fourth grade sitting outside in your winter coat? Right? It was bad enough sitting in class when you are in fourth grade. Just saying. Now, you know, it's not like sitting in your class where it's all fun, right? Well, it, you know, it is It is fun sometimes. You know, there's, I, I, I always leave a little time for some nonsense in every class. I, I think everybody, you know, everybody needs a break, so uh, so we do some of that. Yeah. We had, uh, uh, in fact, the uh, um, business law class, uh, we've, we've had a couple of good ones. Um, are, you, are you familiar with the uh, Marx Brothers uh, skit with... Uh, um, uh, uh, Groucho and, and Chico going through a contract? Uh, no, but I, I imagine it was spectacular, those guys. Well, they, they're, they're kind of going through it and saying, ah, oh, we don't need that part, and they tear it off. And they get down to the end, 
and uh, and and Chico looks at Groucho and says, "Well, well, what's this? Uh, you know, what's this saying?" And he says, "Well, it just it you know it verifies that uh, uh, both parties are of sound mind." And uh, um, and and Chico goes, "Well, I don't know." And Groucho goes, "Oh, that's in every contract. It's called the sanity clause." And Chico looks at him and says, "Ah, you can't fool me. Everybody knows there ain't no sanity clause." <laughs> the uh, those guys were. Those so guys when were... we talk contracts, that that works its way into class. And we had a uh, little clip at the end of class uh, on on Wednesday about the uh, red panda acrobat. Matt, you know who that is, don't you? Of course, I've seen her live. She's spectacular. Yes, I've seen her. I've seen her live every year, uh, and, and she is. Uh, so so we do. Uh, you know, because my my guest speaker, uh, who's an attorney, uh, my guest speaker was a. Uh, um, is is also uh, one of my um, cohort for season basketball tickets. You've met Brian, Tom. Yep. Uh, and uh, uh, so uh, he was in, and uh, Brian's a big fan of the Red Panda. So we, at the end, we always ask our guests some questions about you know about their career, about mentors, and things like that. And then my last question for Brian for the class was, "How awesome is the Red Panda acrobat?" Having never seen her, so that that led us that led us to some video video clips. How, how does she get up on that unicycle? It's about fifteen feet in the air. How does, how does she get up on the thing to start with? It's uh, you know the the whole act is so stupid and so cheesy and so damned awesome. Yeah, God. couldn't have said it better myself. It's it's inexplicable. I mean, you the whole thing is inexplicable. How she balances the whole time. I mean, it's just it's incredible and so stupid at the same time. <laughs> Is we you guys what are, made her think of it is the question. <laughs> what what would even make you think? Hey, you know, I'm going to get up on a seven foot tall unicycle. I'm going to put a bowl on my head and start flipping other bowls from my leg to my head <laughs> while balancing with the other leg. That we got it. We got to tweet that out to the listeners who might yeah. not have seen that. We well, you know for some reason, and, and I, I know there's videos everywhere. For some reason, I don't I don't know the why because it was never all that attractive to me, but. There's always been I, in Vegas a couple times between like the Lido and stuff. There'd be people with with unicycle acts. The unicycles have been sort of popular since somewhat. I mean, people mess around with those things since the the dawn of bicycles. I mean, I, I, I'd never had any sort of a, a desire to get on one of those things. But I mean, people have used those kinds of acts for a hundred years for something. I mean, two hundred years. I mean, are they that hard? They must be really. Either you guys ever ridden one? They got to be really hard the first time. It's laying on your head. How many times? No, I, I've never even tried. I haven't either. I just. I mean, the real the real short ones, I guess. If you if you fall, you can bounce. But if she falls, that's a long way. It, it is. How does but she get down? I've never I mean, seen her fall. I've seen her miss uh, with, with the balls and, and need a retry, but I've never seen her fall. Uh, but when when she gets down, is she just they those, those smaller ones? You kind of roll. No, she it. just kind of she just kind of hops off from sticks the landing. God, she's got to be in unbelievable shape, but. Uh, Anyway. Yeah, although she's getting up there in years, I think I think the uh, days are numbered. So if you if you get a chance to see her, she I know she was at the Bulls game last week too, because um, uh, because our buddy Ray Carney uh, uh, texted me a picture. Um, I want to ask you guys so, before because uh, uh, well, we have Matt. I want to on a rare Friday appearance. We'll talk a little bit. Is is the name, image, and, image and likeness stuff in terms of needing it to recruit people, where it seems to be going way out of off off the reservation and. and uh, in football, is the same thing happen in basketball, or any kind of a decent recruit you got to already have it set up for them? Or it, it, it is it is becoming a factor, but it's not to the same degree as football. I mean, the, the, look, the big money is in football. The, the big money in basketball is in the tournament. 
the, the big money in football is week after week after week, and that's where the schools make the money. The NCAA makes the money off of the tournament. So that's a factor. But I, I do see more, uh, it looks like there's more people striking their individual deals, which is sort of what I expected to happen when they did this. And I sent you a few yeah, examples, but right. probably the most noteworthy one this year is uh, Caitlin Clark, the uh, um, Iowa's Caitlin Clark. Matt, Matt, you're probably aware of who she is. Oh, yeah. She's averaging um, like 28 points, 9 rebounds, and 8 assists a game and, and selling out women's arenas everywhere she goes. Really? Yeah, wow. and, and, and she is, yeah, I, I think she's the best uh, player in women's college basketball, and there's some really good ones, so that's, that's a feat. She, she's just an absolutely awesome player. And, and she signed a big deal with Nike. And so I, I, I thought that would be kind of the exception, that some people would get some big deals, but most people would be doing deals like, you know, appearances, autograph sessions, et cetera, uh, and making some money. I look at what, you know, what a lot of the schools have done about creating these um, organizations, and, you know, when you, when you join the football team, you get your cut of that, uh, of that deal. And to me, um, I, as I've thought about it, that's, laun- that's just laundering the employment circle, uh, situation. They're, they're making them like paid employees of the university without making them paid employees of the university. And, uh, and, and somewhere along the line, somebody's got to call BS on that. Well, I would agree. Now, this girl, what is everything everybody says, I come up with a question these days, what a bad habit. Now, I assume that the University of Iowa is not sponsored by Adidas. Correct. They're all sponsored by Nike. Right, so she has her own deal in addition to the school's deal. Yes, yes. Right, so what? What? What is? Yeah, and 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 her her deal is going to follow her into her professional career. Too. So, uh, but she's she's not having to cover the swatch like Jordan did at the Olympics or anything like that. What if it? What if it wasn't with Nike? If it was with Under Armour, then what? Well, that's an interesting question, um, and, and I and I don't know the answer. I I, I would say this. Um, the uh, the school would have a really really hard time forcing her to wear uh, Under Armour shoes, as an example. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's when a, she's got a deal elsewhere, so it could create some interesting conflicts. Do you think that there's a? Uh, I want to kind of lead in. We'll probably wait till Mike calls. I want to lead into this China discussion because I find it <clears throat> well repulsive in some ways, but I also find it amazingly fascinating. This lady obviously didn't have any, any problem with Nike making stuff in China. Did she? Well, I, no, and, and that's a separate issue, and I did yeah. think of that when I sent it to you, too, that, uh, you know, that, that there always is the, uh, the specter of, you know, who you, who's, your, uh, who's your business partner here. And, I, I, you know, that, that would be a concern for me uh, as, as I chose who would be, uh, you know, who, uh, whose endorsements I would give. Uh, it, but I feel the same way about all the people who are Nike athletes, and then they're you know they're big uh, uh, spokespeople for uh, social justice initiatives. And so you're wearing a, a swoosh, and you're telling me uh, um, you know what's what's justice and what's not. I don't think so. Well, who's I, the guy? You know, I also feel the same way. Uh, you know, I, I always had a lot of respect for Steph Curry, but you know he's he's out there complaining about uh, you know building public housing too close to his gated community and, uh, for the safety and what. Hey man, am I supposed to take you seriously on these issues or not? You know, well, is, is it does it apply to just you or does it apply to everybody? You know, you know, it's real and, easy living in. I won't say, I will say, but it's real easy living in Kenilworth or Winnetka, telling other people in the ghetto what to do. 
it's, it's not quite another to actually live there. Yeah, or, and, or telling and, or, or telling your neighbors in Kenilworth what to do. Yeah. Uh, who's the, um, who's the outfit? Uh, only, only to say, well, yeah, here's what to do, but, you know, please don't do it, you know, up the block from me. Well, who's, uh, who's the company, man? I don't expect this off the top of the head, but out of the three of us, you might. Does it Caruso, the guy in the Bulls, have a, a Chinese sponsor that doesn't even sell stuff yeah. here? A shoe deal, a shoe deal with uh, that has been tied to uh, the, and there's there's quite a few of them. Yeah, quite, uh, a, few quite a few NBA players with a Chinese company that has been tied into the um, uh, uh, labor camps, the uh, Uyghur labor camps. Yeah, it's called Anta, I believe. A N T A. You ever heard? Of, you ever mm-hmm. seen? I've only seen heard of it product? because of because of uh, what you're talking about. But I don't know much about it. So you never saw anybody that imported a pair of their shoes and wears or anything like that. No. Wonder if you could even do that. Probably could. If you bought them online, probably buy them from there. I, mean, I don't know. It seems like you can buy anything, right? Well, you, you, yeah, I, I'm sure you can, um, and you know, I'm sure they're a big, a bigger seller in uh, um, in, in China, you know, and in, in, in yeah. the Far East, uh, in, in the you know, in the orbit around China, um, which which is an interesting, uh, you know, an interesting orbit of, of its own because they've gone into a lot of third world companies and made them big loans. So that they could, uh, so that they could thrive, uh, and knowing fully well that they can't pay them back. So it, you know, it's like borrowing money from the mob. Well, um, once, once, once you can't pay them back, they own you. Well, once I mean, listening to the the chatter, and you know what? I'm, I'm, I'll say this categorically: the chatter right now is from the right, criticizing everybody in the world for not shooting this thing down because uh, they they're all China haters, right? Yet they probably they have the stuff they own is from China and they probably have stock in Chinese companies and everything else. But of course but I'm say that is if a Republican happened to be president and the same thing happened, all the Democrats would be telling him how he shouldn't he should have had more balls and shot it down and all this other kind of crap. But I mean you know, th- does anybody realize how, how how deep everybody is here in China? And all of a sudden yesterday, all day long, after 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 hearing the hoopla, you know, may had my ears, you know, tuned for it. CNBC, there had to be 10 people yesterday talk, mentioning China being a great place to invest right now and this and that and the other thing. Kevin, what, what, how screwed up are we? I can't it's, we talk, Are we the most hypocritical people that ever walked? Well, it's, it's the ultimate ethics question is where are you going to draw the line here? You know, I, I don't blame a company for wanting to sell into the China market. It's too big to ignore. And so many of these companies are... You know they're they're pretty locked into it anyway. You know the, uh, you know you, how would you, how would you unwind from selling in China? Well, so when you I, say so, I get I get that part of it, but it's 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 a different thing. And we talked about this the uh, uh, on on Wednesday. Uh, it, it's it's a very different thing to invest in companies uh, that you know are tied into and do the bidding of the Chinese Communist Party. It's a different thing. Uh, you know, to to how you conduct your own business relative to the Chinese Communist Party, because you know what what's the um, uh, Mr. Kuzay who came on um, uh, from the Uyghurs Association? Yep. Uh, you know what's the what's the nature of a bee? It stings you. Yep. You know that's just who they are. It's what they are, and uh, um, and so and, and by the way, I use that interview in uh, um, in business ethics class all the time. <laughs> Well, you know, it's, we, it's, one even, our, it's one of our all-time best. We don't. I'm finding him. We only got a minute and a half here before a break. Uh, but you know, I find really odd on this show lately is I find myself more and more, especially with the term profit. When you start saying to people, define profit, they have no idea what you're talking about because there's like a hundred definitions. Now, when you say, when you say selling, okay, if you show up with a ship 
and you unload the ship and they show up with a chunk of gold and that's a sale, well, okay, that's a sale. But if you look at Kentucky Fried Chicken where there's more pictures of the Colonel than of Mao, I guess that's selling too, but it's not the same. When you talk about selling, now you're producing over there, you're hiring people, you're, you're hiring people for a price and maybe you're paying off some Chinese uh, government person. When you talk about selling, uh, that word could be anywhere. Right. Well, it, yeah, it, it can. And and you take the KFC example. I'm cool with it right up until the point where you said you have to pay off a uh, a government person. That's illegal. That's illegal for a United States company to do that for starters, and it's unethical. Um, but just because it's custom in China doesn't mean you're allowed to do it. We have something called the Foreign Corrupt Practices Act that prevents that, or that makes it illegal. It doesn't prevent it. Wait a minute. We got. Um, we've got to have to be clear about that. We've got a politician on trial here for taking graft from Commonwealth Edison, and Commonwealth Edison's not on trial. Yeah, I, I understand that, and you know that's why I said it makes it illegal. It doesn't. Ma- it doesn't mean they pay any consequences for it. <laughs> but you know, we we have the infrastructure for all of this uh, to do it right. And you know, I don't mind hiring Chinese people for a fair wage for you know for it, to to do everything right. Uh, and, and you know, so I, I don't. I'm not saying people should be locked out of it. But on the other hand, you know, what's your endor- What are you endorsing? Uh, what kinds of behaviors are you endorsing, and what kind of behaviors are you perpetrating? That's where my line is. What do you, what do you suppose happens? We got a dash here. What do you suppose happens if you actually wanted to put a factory up in China and say, or buy one or something, and say, <clears throat> okay, uh, what was our guy from uh, West Chicago, right, Matty? He, he made coatings. Don't call it Teflon coatings for pots and pans, and because all the pot and pan manufacturers moved to China, he had to move over there just so he could. Do what, he, do what he does, and he really didn't like the idea of doing it, but they weren't about to ship the pot back here and then back over there. But what if what if this guy or anybody were to say, I'm going to actually pay 8 bucks an hour, and I'm not paying any, any crook along the way that, that keeps their, their thumb on my workers. I actually want to pay. I, I, don't, I don't think you get a place, do you? Well, then, then go do business, you know, set up your plant in Vietnam instead. Well, it's easier to do that now, I think, than it was 10 years ago. But I would, let's yeah. figure it's down 23, Nancy down 122. We come back. Hey, Kevin, uh, you think teams like the Irish are miffed because they find their buddies are actually getting money other places? Let's talk about that when we get back. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to gauge the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other decision. And Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with relevant trade ideas, and equips you with cutting-edge tactics you don't already know. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on pursuing life, luxury, and happiness through sports, fitness, travel, food, spirits, music, and a whole lot more. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities, they play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Is your business being challenged by the complexities surrounding healthcare reform or other matters related to human resources management? If so, then Cognos HR can help. 
a longtime friend and contributor to the Stocks and Jocks radio program, Cognos HR provides its clients with a perfect blend of strategic consulting and day-to-day HR management to drive overall improvement in business performance. Companies that join the Cognos HR family are better able to manage health care costs, enhance benefit offerings, and improve employee satisfaction by leveraging our access to Fortune 500 benefits. Our innovative onboarding and payroll technology, along with our constant attention to detail, enables us to provide the highest level of quality service to our clients. Now, your time and energy can be focused on generating business and increasing your bottom line. We'll take care of the rest. For more information, call us at 630-401-8810 or search us on the web at CognosHR.com. Cognos HR, innovation and human resources. Licensed in Illinois and Arizona. Hello, this is Tom Howell, the Chief. Confused about investing these days? I suspect you are not alone. Investing was never easy, although at times it may have seemed so. I think one reason behind the current concern, although maybe not explained as such, is how the fluctuation in the American dollar and the associated politics is affecting your investments and your wealth. It may not be enough to make some money in your investments. You may need now to make enough to exceed the amount that your leadership is depreciating the value of the dollars you've worked your whole life to accumulate. That same leadership has seen fit to maneuver risk-free interest rates to near zero. Providing positive risk-averse returns in a zero-interest and declining real-wealth environment is by far the toughest assignment I've ever had in my years as a money manager. I'm sure that a lot of you have heard that one way to possibly deal with this problem is to invest in so-called hard currencies like silver and gold, the idea being that they will retain their relative value in the face of devaluation of paper currencies like the dollar. To be honest, I have never been a gold bug. I've always had faith that having enough dollars and a good investment strategy was good enough. Now I'm not so sure. But I do know that if I didn't invest in gold or silver, I'd want to do it in the same manner as we do with PTI for investments in the market, with defined risk. If you feel the need to invest in gold or silver, we can do it using the same strategies that we use for our protected index program. No matter what you invest in, we feel that you need to know and control your risk. Find us at PTISecurities.com. That's PTISecurities.com. Stocks. Jocks. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Here. Right now. Right here, right there, right now. Well, no fake stacks and jacks. I'm Matt Weber on the board. SP Futures down 25. NZF Futures down 124. We've got a bump in oil this morning. We'll talk about in a second because uh, Russia said they're cutting 500,000 barrels in March. Uh, this is the oil nobody's supposed to buy, but... Uh, Kind of bizarre. We also have Adidas shares going down after they, uh, they're they not selling the Kanye West line of stuff. How are they doing on the Matt Weber line of stuff, Matty? Is it that selling? Still waiting for my deal. Still waiting for your deal? Yeah. <laughs> Individual stacks in the Dow. We've got uh, going down a buck fifty-five. Actually, well, Chevron Texaco is up two thirty-six with the Russian announcement. Disney's down a buck eighteen. So Disney's now below where it was before the announcement, even though it traded up eight dollars. Uh, so, and we have uh, Microsoft down three thirty-two. It was up yesterday. We've got CMM Salesforce down almost five bucks, four sixty-six. It's almost three percent. So, we have some stuff moving in the Dow. Um, say the only one that's up is the, is the oil one. Over in Asia, we've got the Nikkei up 86 points, 0.3%. Hang Seng down 433, 2%. They were up 360 yesterday. They gave all that back and then some. They're back down to 21,190. I think they topped out almost 24. Shanghai down 9, that's 0.3%. Over in Europe, we've got the DAX down 231. Now that's 100, that's 1.5%. That's a big move. Puts you down 52.7%. Kick around down 98, 1.4. So we've got you know, red, red all over the place here. Yesterday, like I said, we were up 35 points at one point in the S&P. We closed down like 40. The actual S&P was down 36, Dow down 249, NASDAQ down 120. Uh, bonds uh, up two basis points, 3.70. It's the 10-year rate. 
uh, bond up four basis points, 2.35. Uh, looks like uh, Japan is unchanged at the 0.5 number again. Oil is the uh, up buck 71, 79.77. So even with this, we're still under 80 dollars. Uh, Brent down up a buck 91, 86.41. Natural gas up a penny, 2.44. Arbob up five cents, 2.50. Arbob has actually been creeping up, even the oil has not so much. But you see, your gas prices have actually gone up at the pump. Uh, gold down 3.20, 18.75. Tried to make a run at 1900 yesterday, did not make it. Uh, silver down one cent, twenty-two twelve. Copper down four cents, four oh five. Bitcoin down two fifty-one. It's a pretty good move. Twenty-one thousand seven forty-one. It was over twenty-three thousand earlier in the week. And we have the U.S. dollar is actually up pretty good this morning. Euro is down fifty-two base points at one point zero seven. It has been one point one oh eight, one oh nine for a long time. The pound was at one twenty-three. Is now down to one, almost what's well, under one twenty-one. So it's been pretty big moves in the dollar in the last week or so. A lot of stuff there, Matty. What do you got for us, Traffic Weather Sports? A lot of sports, too. 37 minutes past the hour. Good morning to everyone out there. Uh, We're off to a pretty good start here on the area expressways, roadways, and tollways. We do have one issue on the inbound Kennedy, a situation where a car hit the wall on the exit ramp to Austin Avenue, which is exit 82C on the inbound Kennedy. And uh, that has crews uh, working to get that car. I think the wall won. Yeah, we're thinking the wall probably won that collision. But that's our only issue on the entire traffic map. No issues uh, otherwise on the Edens or Kennedy. Eisenhower-Stevenson traffic starting to build, but no accidents to report. Southside looking good. And all all the uh, western suburban tollways are all quiet, too. So enjoy a nice, quiet commute if you're heading into downtown on a Friday morning. Weather today, partly cloudy skies, a high of 36. Right now it is mostly clear and 35 degrees downtown. For our Phoenix listeners, sunshine with a high of 72 today. Right now it's clear and 49. In sports, the Bulls were in Brooklyn last night. The Nets had traded away all of their players, and the Bulls still lost, losing to uh, the Nets 116-105. The Suns lost uh, to the Atlanta Hawks 116-107. Suns are waiting for Kevin Durant to arrive as they acquired the uh, former Nets star and T.J. Warren uh, in exchange for Mikhail Bridges, Cam Johnson, Jay Crowder, and four first-round picks. Uh, so the Suns are now the team to beat, according to Vegas and uh, NBA experts around the league. In hockey, Blackhawks and Coyotes were both off last night. They'll play tonight, the Stocks and Jocks Cup. Phoenix versus Chicago yeah. tonight at the United Center. It's a 7.30 p.m. puck drop. Lastly, College Hoops Northwestern Chief is looking like they're going to make the tournament for the second time in school history. Uh, they beat uh, Ohio State on the road last night, 69-63, and the Wildcats are 8-5 and in the conference. Chief, well, that one kid can really shoot from outside, can he? He's like that 6-6 guy. They have two really good guards, and the uh, the second one, his name is escaping me because it's kind of a, an unusual last name. I'll think of it in a second. Um, looks to me like he's going to play in the NBA. I mean, he, he he looks like Dwayne Wade. I mean, he looks incredible. And then Boo Booey, their point guard's really good. Um, but they like have, the six six white guy who was winging him in from God knows where. Yeah, they have they have some other guys that can shoot, but these two guards, I mean, they're they're they can compete with any two guards in the country. Really? Yeah. And I don't know how Chris Collins got them, but uh, but they're good. Well, there's there's hopes for you, dude. Basketball is but ugly when you can't shoot, and it's beautiful when you can. Yes, it is. Well, there's hope for you, dudes. Vita Coco, whoever the hell they are, wants coconut water to be your cocktail mixer and your hangover cure. So there's hope for you guys. Coconut water has been my hangover cure for about a decade. Really? It's expensive, so I don't do it every time. But if if I'm in the supermarket on a Sunday or something and I'm feeling a little uh, tie-tie from the night before and I see some coconut water, it works like a charm. It's incredible. How come you're just telling me this now? <laughs> I don't know. 
Mike, no, he's been holding on to it. Kevin had a hangover for decades. Yeah, me neither. I don't think I have either. But not, now I might want to try one just to see if this works. No, that's a good idea. Yeah, yeah. Let's go tie one on. Let's let's go for a test. <laughs> then if it doesn't work, we're pissed at Matt Weber. Right? <laughs> so we have Mr. Murphy. We do. Yeah. Good morning, Mike. How are you, bud? Uh, hey, I was just asking uh, Kevin before the break. Uh, is do you think there's any any kickback on some of these basketball teams if they find out everybody else has deals and they don't? I, mean, I was thinking about the disappointing season the Irish have had, and I haven't heard any any rumor whatsoever the basketball guys having any name image and likeness do you think they're calling up their buddies at Indiana and find out they're all making 50 grand from some deal somebody got or is that not not made it through in basketball yet I don't think it's made it through the basketball yet Tom who knows yeah I don't know it's a yeah I think there's a simpler explanation they just suck oh well that's <laughs> I guess that'll work and it went, plus they're so old I, I can't get over to get how these guys are playing well, we still have eligibility left, but the kid at Michigan State, the goalie, he played four years at Notre Dame. Now he's playing two years at Michigan State. That's a nice gig. Oh, who's up there? Is that is that Dylan Saint Sir? Well, the, the the Michigan State beat the Irish last weekend twice in in South Bend. Yeah, I didn't see it. So. Well, yeah, well, they had the interview in the Michigan. It was on TV, so I'm watching the uh, their interview in the Michigan State goalie, and he goes, "Oh yeah, it was nice coming back here. He played four years for the Irish. He's got like another year left or something." Well, well, everybody got a COVID year, a lot so. of people. I mean, there's a kid at uh, UVA here in Charlottesville that's been there about six years, it seems like. Well, then didn't you get, if your team so, sort of bleep can the season, you got a, a year for that, then everybody got everybody got a COVID no, year. No, no, you got, you got a year if you played. If your team didn't play, you did not get a year. Really? Yes. Yeah, because this guy, Kihei Clark, he played, I mean, he's played, I think, actually five years for them, and he has the record for most assists, and he's definitely got the record for most games played. Wow. Well, I mean, I watched Luke Gonzaga last night. Well, that guy, Timmy's older than Matt Weber, isn't he? <laughs> he's been there a long time. Yeah. yeah, Timmy has been there a long time, and they have yet to, to, to win the NCAAs. You know, I lose to John Flynn when I bet with him every year on Gonzaga. <laughs> well, you know, I, I actually went for a. Uh, I hope you're a, getting odds. A speaking engagement in Spokane. Boy, six years would be a long time in Spokane. Just saying, I had a rough time there for a weekend. Yeah. <laughs> hey, but before we get away from it, just a little nugget: the uh, the Michigan State goalie is his name's Dylan Saint Cyr. His mother uh, is, is a name that I don't know if you guys will recognize or remember or not. Um, she's French Canadian, Manon Rayum. She, she was a star goalie for the Canadian national team. Really? And then played professionally in uh, in the highest minor leagues of men's hockey. Wow. And wow. and even got in uh, I think for Tampa uh, for the Lightning, I think she got into some uh, preseason games. Oh, she's the lady who got so in the she preseason. She was a goaltender. Wow. Well that's uh that's wild. That's interesting. What was yep. the dad? Just like a schlub? And, and then, and then the, fa- the father was also a uh, um, a uh, marginal NHL player, you know, um, uh, which is why his last name is St. Cyr. Um, so the, the father was one of those guys who played most of his career in the high minors but would toggle into the NBA for 10 games here, 20 games there. So he's got some good genes. 
He's got good genes. Yep. Well, but a, but yeah, mom mom was the real star hockey player in the family. Wouldn't you hate it if, if Joe was a better basketball player than you, Matt? <laughs> no, I'd love it because our our kid would probably be really good. She might be anyway. I always blame my mom for stunting my height and my basketball skill because my all my cousins are like six seven and my brothers and my brother and I are six three and it's because our mom is like five four. Well, I mean, I, I remember from our softball days that your lovely bride, although she's not real big, very coordinated and very skilled. Yeah, she's she's a solid athlete. So if you got a kid, any kind of size on the kid, you might be okay. Well, I put enough basketball hoops around the house, so um, oh god, we'll see. She's got one in the ba- <laughs> she's got one in the bathtub. She's got one upstairs, one downstairs. Uh, these little mini hoops, and I'm constantly <laughs> trying to get her. So to- how many times in the bathtub has she pulled the thing out and lined it at your head instead of the? <laughs> Oops, that's not, it's not my head. I'm not the target, sweetie. She likes when I pick her up uh, and, and, and have her dunk. That's what she likes. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> anyway, we have uh, all kinds of stuff. Mike, were you listening yesterday? Talk about changing gears. When Lou was talking about the guy who was allegedly broke the story that we blew up the pipeline? Uh, I was listening, Tom, yes. What did you, what did you make of that? Well, I mean, it kind of makes sense. And Seymour Hirsch is quite the, uh, he, he is quite an author. He he wrote another big story years ago. I forget what it was about, but I had heard of him. He exposed the uh, My Lai Massacre. Yeah, that was that his was, big thing. That was where he got his uh, Pulitzer chops. And then he he he, uh, he was able to somewhat prove the Russians shooting down the Korean airliner over their space, right? Yeah, he, he did the KAL one, yeah. Isn't that the one that, that Lou said he helped him at? Or did some research for him? It, that, that Lou had talked to him about it, yeah. Yeah, and, uh, but he did some work for him. He didn't so, actually so say Mike, what, what, when, when you say it makes sense, um, you know, it, 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 would you put it under the category of uh, highly likely, somewhat likely? Where, where would you put it, Mike? I would say highly likely, Kevin, and because, I mean, I guess uh, we can be dirty also, so... Uh, and we needed to force the Germans to, you know, give up on Russian oil or gas, whichever, and and that was a good way to do it. What uh, well, a good way in one way, but isn't that sort of fall under the category of act of war? Well, I would say that Putin uh, kind of lost that argument when he invaded Ukraine. Uh, I would say probably, but it also would help. Uh, let's put it this way: if, if the three of us, four of us, were in the liquefied natural gas business and we're building those ships, we might think that was a really good idea to, to blast that pipeline. That's very well, true. You think somebody's in there with a profit motive, Tom. Come oh, on. come on! No, it could never be. It could never, could never be. I, uh, you just the closer you get to this stuff. And, and you see the, the money flying around. You wonder if our policy is 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 totally. Uh, you know, I, I want to ask uh, Mike, well, all of you really, but yeah, I, when you talk about this balloon stuff and what did they come over a certain spot and uh, loosen out? A, I don't know if you got it, Mike. We an article yesterday about you know did they show up in the Trump administration and not not that not that it really matters, but the the, the point is is that somehow it didn't even work its way up the chain to the Pentagon, sort of like. The guy's taking flying lessons, not caring if they landed or not. And then, I don't know if you read the article Lou sent, they're talking about some of the re- Republicans are saying, well, it was only over Alaska. <laughs> the guy, and so the article, the guy goes, 
What the hell does that mean? Alaska is not part of the rest of us. We the whole list of all the, the the huge bases we have in Alaska and how important Alaska is, and yet people are just saying, "Ah, yeah, well, that bet balloon was only Alaska. No wonder Trump didn't shoot it down." Of course, he didn't know about it. But I mean, Mike is the chains of command up, and I'm not going to ask you to talk out of school. Does some of the stuff just get sort of tabled some way at some level, and nobody even? I mean, Bolton. None of those guys seem to know about it. I mean, I, I believe Bolton. I mean, he's too grumpy to lie. Uh, I mean, uh, is, is well, he's, he, he does. He hates Trump. So if it's going to make Trump look good, yeah, um, he would not be inclined to do that. So if if when he's saying, "Hey, they didn't tell us," I, I tend to believe him because of his motivation. But how could something like that even happen, Mike? I mean, who makes the decision how high something goes? Well, it it could have been a local commander, and uh, that. The guy from Northcom, I think his name was Van Herc. Uh, he state, stated that uh, we made a mistake, and we, you know, it, it was not part of our domain awareness. And but, like there was an incursion in the Hawaii area that something was, I think it was knocked down in near Hawaii, and that might not have made it to the Trump level because. You don't know. Well, they didn't know what these things were at the time. The the big balloon go, coming over the United States that obviously should have made it uh, to the presidential level, at least to or at least to the Pentagon quickly, and it probably did. And then they made a deliberate decision not to do anything with it. And I think some of that had to do with the fact that Austin was out of the country because uh, at the time he was in the Philippines. Uh, as, you know, signing a deal for four more bases in the Philippines. Is, is Subic Bay still a big nothing? I mean, we we, we 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 left we left there how many years ago, and that's still what, what is that? Is it is it just developed by the Philippine population, or is the thing just a big empty spot? I think it's still an active base, but not a U.S. naval base uh, because we have left there a long time ago, and it probably wouldn't take that much to reestablish an operation there, but they're talking about four additional bases in the Philippines, you know, and that's a direct affront to the Chinese. It's actually a good thing because they see the Pacific as their area of operations, and we, and they see us infringing upon them. Well, well, didn't Subic Bay have uh, massive, like, uh, dry docks and and all kinds of stuff. I mean, didn't we used to do like a lot of our real heavy ship repairs over there because they were cheaper and stuff? Yes, Subic Bay was a, uh, a huge base, and it, it was probably the biggest uh, Navy base outside of the country. And uh, all that stuff had to be, well, it was brought back here. I mean, I don't know if we have as many ships as we did back then, but still, it was, uh, it was a big deal to leave. It was a big big shot to their economy, too, wasn't it? All yes, that. I think so. Well, what a, where, do, where do you stand? I mean, have you, you've been listening... Uh, most of the week, Mike, and uh, you know, I've been—I'm not trying to, to to stoke the fire, but the the amount of vitriol people are are winging toward the Chinese when we clearly are tied up. I listened to that. Uh, you know, I'll read tweets from what well, just happen to be Republican people now that are doing most of the criticizing. But if if there was a Republican president, the Democrats would be doing the same thing but about we should be doing this, and these guys are this and they're that. Then then I turn on CNBC doing stuff for my clients all day long, and all he hears to talk about is China's safe to invest in. If you're not over there, you're a schlump. And by the way, invest with me. I'll put your money in China. It goes on all day long. It's, it's, you swear you're, you're 
you're hearing the news from two different companies, countries. Well, I personally would uh, boycott all of Chinese goods, but that's impossible in today's economy because too much is made there. And Biden should have used, could have used the opportunity of the State of the Union to, you know, he reemphasized manufacturing, but we ought to take as much as we can out of China and and reestablish it in the United States. If you were a, a guy, not not somebody who's retired from the, well, you are a guy. If, let me put it this way: Would would you believe if he said he was going to do that, just like Trump? Um, would you? raise capital and put your money behind uh, some industry that would currently be in China, be it generic drugs, be it all those kinds of things, would you believe any of these guys that five years from now they wouldn't turn that policy all the way around and all of a sudden you just wasted all your money? Well, that could be, and that's the problem really with capitalism. So, you know, every but our problem is, and this is uh, um this is something that I've thought about some. Uh, we don't think long-term. The Chinese think long-term. So, you know, uh, when when Clinton and uh, Al Gore wanted to, you know, we moved all the manufacturing to Mexico. That was a short-term thing. And then when we created, uh, or when they started cutting jobs, they just switched the jobs from, let's say, an Army civilian to a an Army contractor. And then those contractors end up costing more. So in the in the long term, uh, making all these different moves doesn't really pay off. We should just start thinking long term and have manufacturing back in the United States, regardless of the cost. Now, I, I know that doesn't appeal to people because they want things as cheaply as possible, but I think we ought to think about the security of the nation. Well, Mike, why do you think... Well, uh, just to throw in on there, I, I'm seeing some different activities, and, and, and it's, it's starting to get some traction. And really, the only way you're going to compete with that kind of cheap labor is to go into a very high level of automation in your production processes. And the problem all along has been, look, the, the unit cost, once you have a, a, a very automated, very robotic uh, production line, the unit cost of making your next one is near zero, making your next piece, your next product, whatever it is, because you don't have to pay any labor costs to the robots. Um, and when I say near zero, it's very low because you still have maintenance and you still have maintenance of your systems and all kinds of things like that. But the, what's driving it isn't any altruistic thing about, hey, we gotta get out of China. It's more like, well, if we're gonna keep getting our, uh, uh, our supply lines um, disrupted, and if you know, and and we, you know, nothing's reliable. We don't know about our sourcing, and we have to. And, and then you start also looking at who you have to deal with and how you have to deal with them. There's a lot more companies now that are starting to say, "It ain't worth it. Let's bring it here." If I can't pay back in two years, cool. Don't worry about it. As long as I'm paying back, I can start thinking long term as well. And so, if you know, if your payback on automation is uh, is is four to five years or, or even five to six years, then they're doing it because they understand that they can't keep losing market share every time there's some kind of disruption. And we've had so many disruptions out of the Far East 
and, and frankly, you know, in our own uh, uh, bottlenecks, uh, getting goods into the country, um, that, you know, it, it, the financial model is starting to make a lot more sense. And that's what's going to drive it, not people saying, well, you know, I don't do business with people like that. Well, what we're, we don't have a whole lot of time here, but I want Mike's opinion. I remember asking this before. I, I might have asked you, Kevin, but if, if I haven't, feel free to opine in. Economically, the Milton Friedmans of the world were, were, were you know, orgasmic about opening up plants and so forth in, let's say, Mexico, forget China, what, what China f- fits in as well. The idea being, even if you, if you lost some labor for a while, eventually the people in Mexico are not going to work for three bucks an hour, they're going to demand ten, maybe not the twenty here, twenty years ago, but by the way, fifteen years from now, twenty years from now, you're going to develop so many customers down there because they'll end up wanting to be like us because economic power essentially trumps political power. And oh, by the way, we're going to have nothing but customers coming out of Mexico and El Salvador and wherever. And yet here it is 40 years later, and there's been no raises down there. Clearly in China, the economic freedom that they have been able to get has not has not crossed over to any sort of political freedom. Why do you think none of that ever worked? I mean, you, you would think that Mexico would be, we'd have nothing but customers down there, and yet it hasn't really worked there. What, is it just, we're just so much different, we can't expect other people to, to react like that, that some people just keep taking all the money? Or Why do you suppose it just never worked, Mike, on an economic level, not just even a political level? Oh, that's a really good question, Tom. Uh, I don't think um, some societies it just doesn't seem, it really doesn't work. It seems that way in a, and whether it's the Chinese society where it's hierarchical, but the you know the CCP dominates. Mexico could be the cartels, but globalization, at least the way that uh, Thomas Friedman envisioned it, hasn't worked. You know, and he wanted gas to go to a hundred bucks a gallon, and he thought that was a good thing, and it just. And soft power, I had a guy that I used to work with always talked about soft power. Well, soft power is not working with uh, Russia, has not worked with Russia. I don't think soft power would work with Chinese. It's whoever is the big guy on the block uh, militarily will dominate. So here again, I go back to we need to keep, we need to, keep our military flexibility and we also have to go back to our manufacturing uh, flexibility because you know we can't have our uh, medicines all made in China no, or I critical agree. computer chips made in China well, right, I mean, I'm that's, off my diet well, no, no that's that's fine I, I, I absolutely I mean I'm not supposed to do this on radio but I, I absolutely agree with you I just but you know when you, when you look at you know the border issue, and people are you know walking up from God knows where to to try and get in here and all those kinds of things. Um, if you if you you know, God, guys, we were all in school together. Mike and I used to walk to class together. Uh, you know, this shouldn't have happened. You did not. You might have walked to class, but he, I know for a fact that Mike did. He came once in a while. I won't say. The, <laughs> oh, okay. I won't. Say, I won't say the early classes, but the, sometimes you get them come oh, over post eleven a.m. Sure. After lunch, you, you might be you talk him into it, but the. Uh, but this was not supposed to happen. We've given money to pick a place, San Salvador, El Salvador, name it, Mexico. We've given money to those people. We've got, manuf- not that we did this, you know, the goodness of our heart, factories down there, all kinds of things. 
I this this shouldn't be happening. There shouldn't be a million people dying to get here. It should be where the the place where they live shouldn't be a hellhole. You know, you shouldn't be wanting well, to walk. Tom, Tom, Friedman's Friedman's got the right or had the right idea, but the economic model uh, assumes it does not assume political corruption, criminals, uh, you know, criminal uh, uh, enterprises dominating the economy, and uh, and overly intrusive governments. And uh, so it, it would it would work if only, but the if only is uh, you know is not reality at the moment, and and frankly. It's, uh, it's, 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 it's we're, we're well on our way in, in that direction as well. Well, that's, that is the truth, and that's scary, but we got a dash here. But they, they absolutely thought, the, th- the idea was, and they believed it to their, to their eyeballs, that if you, if you gave people economic freedom, they would eventually find a way to get political freedom. Okay, but Tom, look at what Kevin just said. Oh, I agree. Venezuela is a hellhole. Oh yeah. Uh, Mexico, you know, cartel-dominated economy. Uh, Haiti has never recovered from any hurricanes or earthquakes or whatever. So you have all these other factors. You know, the economic factor is great, but yeah. it's well, not gonna. It it just doesn't win over other factors. Well, I guess is, is it. The question is, we have to go to Carl, but it's not one yet, or it's never going to win. I'm thinking maybe it's never going to win, unfortunately. Well, I'm beginning to think that way also. That's why stuff needs to be centered in the United States. Yeah, it's a... Well, we, we better not let the same thing happen here. The cartels here run the place, because in some some industries, they sure as hell do, don't they? <laughs> sure well, I mean, look at Chicago, yeah. look at San Francisco, look at the way our big cities are falling apart. I was thinking more towards look at baby food, look at things like that where cartels run every product. Anyway, Mike, oh, thank you. Kevin, thank you. Everybody have a nice weekend. Uh, who, do you, who do you like Sunday? I want the uh, Eagles because I hate the Chiefs. So. There you go. Kevin, of course, is going to like the yeah, Chiefs. I'll pick the Chiefs, but I, 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 don't, I don't love either one of them. I'm not, I don't like well, the, how Kevin. solid is Mahomes' ankle? That's the key factor in this whole thing. Well, that's the truth because he's the easy well, expert. You know, Hertz, Hertz is not uh, hasn't been in perfect shape for a while either. So you know, yeah, you're right. How about solid that, is each quarterback? Well, this is their 20th NFL game. Nobody can be 100 percent at this yeah, point. That's true. SP Futures on 28, and as on 131. Be right back. It's Carl Denninger. Are you one of the millions of people who suffer with pain? Do you wake up in the morning with stiffness in the lower back or neck? Why are you using medication to cover up the symptoms without treating the actual cause? Painkillers, muscle relaxants, and anti-inflammatories are not the answer. At ChiroMed, physicians are trained to detect the cause of your symptoms and to correct the underlying problem. If you're ready to listen to common sense and do what it takes to make changes in your body that can affect your health for the rest of your life, give ChiroMed a call and set up a complimentary consultation. They are located in Orland Park and can be reached at 708-403-2727. 20,000 patients over 22 years have been treated at ChiroMed, and over 90% of them have had positive results without medication or expensive surgery. Isn't it time you did something good for your body, too? Give ChiroMed a call, 708-403-2727. That's 708-403-2727. Let's get you pain-free and living again. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, an owner of Home Source Realty and a frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks. If you're nervous about the stock market and considering diversification, 
or are looking for a rate of return way better than your banks, consider adding rental properties to your portfolio. Whether it's a condo, single family, or multi-unit building, I can help you select a property that meets your financial needs. Call or text me at 708-349-3456. That's 708-349-3456. Or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com. That's myhomesourcerealty.com. Interested in promoting your business to a high-end audience comprised of entrepreneurs, traders, executives, and the everyday business person? Consider advertising on Stocks and Jocks. With a devout listenership covering the Chicago market along with a vast online presence, advertising on Stocks and Jocks may be just what it takes to put your business over the top. For more information, contact me, Matt Weber, at matt at stocksandjocks.net. That's matt at stocksandjocks.net. Hear ye! The Homer Broadcasting System is on the air! Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control! Right here, right now, right here, right now, right now. There's something happening here. What it is ain't exactly clear. There's a man. Well, don't pick Stacks and Jacks. I'm Tom We're on the board. SP Feeders down 26, and SA Feeders down 125. Do we have Mr. Carl? How are you, buddy? Hey, Matt. We are, I'm assuming with your baby duties, you weren't listening to the show yesterday. Uh, yesterday I was not. I won't even tell you what I was doing because it's uh, pretty gross. Oh, God. Oh, God. What I was dealing with yesterday morning. <laughs> well, you said the baby was, was sick, so I can only imagine. Yeah. it was. A, we had a good... I was I was parenting alone for four days. The first three were, were fine and seamless, and I thought, wow, this really wasn't that bad. And then day four made it all <laughs> mix, uh, you know, come to fruition. It was brutal yesterday. You know what, though? You've fallen into this role spectacularly. You've done a great job. Congratulations to you. All Thank right. you. But I have, I have a there's no manual. No, God, no. As my mother said, there's no return department and there's no manual. <laughs> you, you know, um, having, having raised a daughter from uh, changing poopy diapers all the way to now adulthood and uh, mostly on her own, uh, so, you know, this is now uh, 20, 25 years of that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, there I, didn't, I mean, Andrew, some of this is lost on Andrew. So I asked him yesterday, there was one of these uh, core digest write-ins, right? So somebody writes the question, he said, if, if you could if you could be any NFL quarterback of all time, who would you like to be? And guess what the guy's answer was? Hmm. He said, without a doubt, Don Meredith. Well, that's He's, a random name. He goes, the guy, he, he partied hardy, got a couple of Super Bowls, said he, had, he even got on a team plane once with some lady who had only a coat and boots on. And it's okay. He said, then he went, he went to, he loved being on the TV with Howard Cosell and, uh, and basically retired from both while, when he wanted to and had a great life. He partied with Willie Nelson, was always with the rock guys. So the dude did whatever he wanted. He was good at everything. And he was the nicest guy out there. He goes, I'd want to be him out of all the stars that were out there. Pretty interesting, huh? I never even knew that about, well, I certainly know about the lady with the no clothes under the coat, but that's another story. But it's pretty interesting. I, mean, I bet there's been some real characters in football that were pretty cool to hang around. And I bet he was one of them. Joe Namath? Oh, yeah. Well, Joe. Yeah, Joe was, I'm sure. I'm sure he saw some women with just a coat on and boots. Well, you know, he allegedly, last night, one of the guys was telling me that the reason why he, was, he didn't uh, 
he wasn't a Monday night football guy was because he showed up drinking a beer or something for the interview or some story. <laughs> he said, I, go, I don't go to sleep till 6 o'clock, and he got off the plane. He was cracking a beer before he went to the interview. They go, oh, we can't have you. Or something. <laughs> anyway, so, Carl, uh, would you say there was enough news this week on just about everything? Uh, you know, uh, so can I, can I uh, be mildly, oh, okay, maybe a little more than mildly political for about uh, a minute? Sure. Okay. So, Walensky shows up at the, you know, Congress, of course, now is investigating things that they have not investigated uh, prior to the Republicans taking over uh, the House of Representatives. She was up on the Hill, that's the CDC director. And uh, she's being grilled about various things having to do with uh, that nasty little virus that uh, we were all freaking out about for three years. And... Uh, <laughs> One of them goes after her on masks and why there haven't been random controlled trials and actual, uh, you know, some some actual workable science. And she specifically related to kids in school, okay, because that's, you know, the, the destruction and damage to childhood learning is where the biggest impact is. I mean, I, I don't think anybody can really argue that. Children learn how to speak and, and the, the basics of human communication by looking at your face while they're doing this, right? It's very hard for you to do that and for them to do that when you've got a diaper over your face. So this has had a serious impact on young kids, especially kids in daycare, which, uh, you know, I mean, that's, we all know how the destruction of the, of the one parent can earn enough for everyone to be okay. Uh, that, that has played into this too, but that's, you know, that's, water over the dam 34 years ago she says there's there's no equipoise this is her statement she, she likes to use a big word equipoise is basically the premise that there is reasonable doubt among the community as to whether or not something works or doesn't work and she tries to argue that because there is no equipoise there is no reason to run these studies and there still isn't Okay, first off, um, that premise that you have to have equipoise has been debunked a thousand times over. That's, that's absolute nonsense. You, you can go all the way back to Semmelweis, who was the, the physician who figured out that it was not evil spirits that caused women who had just given birth to, get, to end up septic. It was the fact that the doctors didn't wash their hands. <laughs> yeah, well, that would do it, yeah. Yeah, and by the way, he was driven crazy after he was expelled from being a physician um, because he went against the so-called science. Uh, he, was, he was driven crazy by his colleagues who were literally killing their patients, okay, by, by contaminating them. And, and he ended up in the nut house. Uh, he was also white. The, um, so that's, that's irrelevant. But the, but the second point is that uh, if, if you are, I don't care which side of the political aisle you're on, on that. if you look at the actual studies, and, and the Cochrane Cochran Review is a group of people that take a look at all of the different controlled trials that have been run on a particular thing and do a, a what's called a meta-analysis. So they take all the data and try to synthesize it. It is the best form of scientific evidence that we have in medicine because we do not understand the human body. We claim to, but we don't. This is why the doctor cannot tell you if he says, hey, hey, 
jackass. You have you have prostate cancer. He can't tell you, can I fix it? He can tell you that this might work, but he cannot tell you with certainty that he knows that you'll either be okay or you're going to die. He does not know. Everything in the universe is, in fact, deterministic. If you do not see determinism in someone's claims, then that, what that says is he doesn't understand what he's looking at. He has partial understanding, but that's the best he's got. That's all we have in medicine. That's all for, for basically everything. Well, we're gaining at it. I mean, you know if you have a... Well, we're, we're yeah. doing better. Yeah, yeah we're, we're doing better over time. And we've, we've always done better. I mean, you know, it wasn't all that long ago that we knew absolutely nothing about cancer in terms of, of you know, what caused it, how it grows, how to, how to try to kill it. And, and there's so many other things that this applies to. So anyway, the, the, the point being that if you look at the controlled trials for ivermectin, which, of course, you have all kinds of people that believe it works in at least some people. Okay? Um, by the way, I happen to be one of them. I don't think it's a panacea like a lot of, a lot of other people think it's, it's the absolute, was the absolute answer to this virus. Uh, I, I do not believe that. I used it myself when I got COVID. Okay? And I don't think it did anything to change the course of my disease. Now, another drug that I used, I'm absolutely certain in my specific case, was the reason I turned the corner, all right? But ivermectin was not it, but I used it. And the reason I used it was because even though I knew the evidence was thin, it had a near zero chance of harming me. It was about as dangerous as taking an aspirin. And so as a result, I was willing to try it because I didn't, there was no risk. Well, Carol, how many, before you go on here, but how many drugs, I won't use that term, I'm having trouble with definitions these days, like stuff like yeah. profit and things like that. Uh, how many drugs do you take, say for the common cold, I'll use that as an example, all they're trying to do is make you feel better for the seven days it takes you to get rid of the common cold. It, it, it's not, they're not designed to, they're, they're, they're going to they're nail with the, system, the symptoms. It's like if you have well, a and you know, Yeah, and there's a problem with that because every, every drug, I don't care what it is, has a risk of adverse events. We, we call it, and this is another lie. The, the drug industry and the doctors call them side effects. They're not side effects. Side, the word side effect is a neutral term. All of them are adverse. All of them harm you in some way. Right? I mean, you know, with the, with the exception of Viagra, which was originally a blood pressure medication, it had a pleasant side effect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, but these are adverse effects. And, and we need to change. Part of my, my screaming about this over the last three years is that we have to change the language that we use and we have to stomp on the people who don't. Because the only way people can make intelligent decisions is when we call things what they are. It is not a side effect from wearing a mask that your kid doesn't learn how to speak no, and, no. and recognize language. That's an adverse effect. Well, a side effect is, I would define, as somebody, thank God, I don't take very many uh, prescription drugs, but the couple I have taken, I've had like a real nasty effect, and I know 10 other people are on the same thing and say, what's the matter with you? I didn't, didn't bother me at all. I mean, those are very individual. That's why I guess I would call them side of, I don't know if that's the right term, but. No, it's, no, it's not. It's, an, it's, it's, 
an if it happens to you, it's an adverse. Oh, oh sure, right. But I'm saying it, it does harm. Now, the fact that it doesn't always happen says that the doctor doesn't really understand the human body when he gave it to you, or he would have never given you one that screws you. Do you right? think? Do you think that someday, uh, you know, maybe in our lifetime, maybe not, that depending on your blood type or something, that you will be given different strains of even like high blood pressure drugs and stuff, and some work, some won't. There's got to be some reason why stuff works in some people and works and doesn't work in others. But there's got I mean, well, uh, but you know that's that's the problem is that in, and of course we all know this, right? I mean, I <laughs> when my mother got colon cancer and they they chopped out the tumor and then they asked her, you know, she wanted to do the radiation, the chemo, and all of that. She's in her 80s, and she asked me what I thought. I said, Mom, you know, you're in your 80s, okay? Something eventually kills everybody. This may be yours. What you, what you have to look at is that the, bads, the bad effects of going down this road, we know what they are. All your hair's going to fall out. You're going to feel like crap. You're going to go through six months, maybe a year of this. It may extend your life, and it may not. But for sure, you're going to have negative effects from taking these treatments. Uh, are you willing to trade off those negative effects for the possible extension of your life? Well, funny you should mention that because my mother, uh, who I miss every day, uh, she'd listen to the show every day and critique me, which is which was special, right, Matty? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he, she, uh, I don't know, somehow or another something happened and she got, they had took an x-ray and they found a little spot in her lung. She had been right. a smoker her whole life, but then she had given it up. She hadn't smoked for 12 years and kind of thought everything in reverse, but I guess it hadn't. And, uh, so she had a lot of her friends that had gone through chemo and didn't want any part of that. So she found some guy who said, okay, I'll, I'll take it out. So, of course, they took it out and they managed to, I don't know what they ended up doing, but she ended up, she got uh, C. diff in the hospital. So that took like eight weeks to oh, clear. Oh, God. Yeah, that took like eight weeks to clear. So by the time they went in for another test, I don't know what the guy did. He must, she, all of a sudden she had like, the tumor was so small that they almost couldn't even find it on the CAT scan. Yet, right. Uh, eight weeks later, I don't know what the guy did. Spray it around, but there were she had like five of them, right? So five. Well, see, that's but see, that's one of yeah. the problems is that all it takes is for you to disturb some of. The yeah. Well, so it turns out. Body. I said, you know, ma'am, I, I'm, you know, you've done this on your own so far, but as, as delicately as possible. So I knew some people down at Northwestern, and there was a guy there that was uh, really good. Got her in there, so she decided to take the chemotherapy. Well, if you've ne- if you've never been in a place. Where they're giving people chemotherapy, you should probably do it once in, in life because it's it's so educational and scary. First of all, when people say chemotherapy, there's got to be a hundred different kinds of chemotherapy depending right. on what. So some people, you know, have this intravenous thing on there, and then they take it home, so it, it works all night. She was uh, like an hour, and I'm not saying it didn't affect her, but her hair never fell out, and we would go to dinner on the way home. <laughs> she goes, I'm hungry. Well, that's, yeah. well, that's great because yeah, she yeah. wasn't puking, right? Right. She goes, I'm hungry. So we'd stop at all the little place on the north side and she'd get a burger or something and wolf it down. And uh, and uh, so it, it turns out the doctor said to me, would you get me all the stuff from the south side? And I said, well, what are we going to show? I said, it's going to show that your mother was never a candidate for surgery and if she just would have done this from the get-go, she'd probably be fine because she's not having any reaction to it and it's working. And I'm th- and, But now she's got so much of it I don't think it's going to be a cure. It's just we're maintaining, which, you know, they did for a while. He said, but it could have been a cure. What, what, who the hell talked to her? I'm like, 
whatever. You know, so I mean, it's it's all about the individual people, and her hair didn't fall. None of that stuff happened. Now, her hers was an hour worth for that particular type of lung cancer. Other people were twelve hours, and I'm sitting there going, "Man, these poor people." You know, it was weird in there. You you're you're encouraged to bring a little uh, stuff to eat, right? Right. And, and if somebody walked in, this is so scary. They had all these terrific nurses, or wherever they they probably were more like physicians' assistants or whatever, but they were high up the chain. If somebody walked in with a five-pound box of Fannie Mae and you opened it at the counter, they all the ears of every one of them picked up and everybody wandered <laughs> toward the Fannie Mae. They passed it around. They knew by the sound that it was the Fannie Mae box. <laughs> like, but anyway, they, I, they, I never met nicer people in my life, and uh, they did so much stuff for people. But big, man, there's big, huge recliner chairs like you'd have in your your, your living room. It's like, Archie, I want people to be as comfortable as possible. If somebody brings a deck of cards and two and three people are sitting there playing bridge while this thing's going into their arm, that they, they would encourage you to do that. You know, it's a whole different world, and it's you know what the education was spectacular, Carl. I mean, just in how how people how, how resilient people are and how how much help people give people, and you know, it's, it's oh yeah, there's a lot to be said for us, not not just all negative. No, I know, and it's and, and, but the thing is, is that what what really you know what gets me with all of this stuff is is that we threw we've thrown this away, and it's not new. Everybody, you know, you've got the people on the one side that are you know they're very much in favor of masks. You have the people on the other side very much in favor of you know ivermectin and some of these other repurposed drugs. Um, when you look at the actual data. They all have confidence intervals in the studies across one, which means that there is a real possibility. First off, the confidence intervals are very wide. Secondly, they all cross 1.0, which means that there is a very real possibility that by the study, there is no benefit that was actually harmed. Okay? And so, if you have someone who says, you should be wearing masks, but then they also say ivermectin is trash. They're lying. They're oh, hypocrites. Yeah. They're full of they're full of excrement. If they both say, "Well, these have been debunked. These have been disproved as effective, but they might work in you." Ditch on both. That's yeah, yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah. But you cannot say that one is good negative. And, and and have any consistency from a scientific perspective, a mathematical and analytical perspective at all. So, and, and this is this is the reality of it. And this is not again. This is not new. We knew, and, and part of this, part of this problem, is that we allow in the United States a drug that has failed on safety. Okay, now that happens very early most of the time when you actually go through the proper testing protocols. Drugs that fail on safety usually fail in animals. We, we don't get to humans. If you run the full set of safety tests, you find the problem there and you stop because you don't want to hurt people. That happened with AZT back in the 1980s. It happened with, I mean, there's, a lot, there's been a lot of very high-profile, high-priced drugs. Matter of fact, back to my mom again, was, was there a drug called, a, was it Avastin? Yes. It was two thousand bucks a treatment. This is this is twenty years ago, right? And uh, and it was it was looking for a home. It was supposed right. to be. It was supposed, it wasn't originally for cancer. It was for something else. But they kept trying to find a disease for which it worked, and it never. So the doctor said to my mother, "It's a uh, 
It's not covered by Medicare. It's two grand a week. And she goes, well, does it work? And he says, you'll pro- <laughs> because you'll probably live like four weeks longer. He goes, she goes, I'm not going to spend two grand a week for 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 four weeks. <laughs> what, what, what what's the matter with you? She said that the guy. Well, there was well there was yeah there was there was this company called Dendrion, and the, the reason that I got all plugged into this stuff on a fairly serious basis many years ago is that I used to play around a lot um, in the prior the pre crash time uh, with little biotech, the, the little public companies. Ninety nine percent of them end up being zeros. Yep. Once in a while, one of them hits hits a home run. And by God, you make a whole ton of money. And so these these were very cheap bets, especially if they had options listed. Uh, and, and you could you know you could put a nice cheap bet out there on on some loops. And then boy, when they had some kind of trial going on, boy, oh boy, if they if they hit the home run, you oh boy, oh yeah, <laughs> okay. Oh yeah. But they're, they're like buying Powerball tickets. Most of them are going to be zeros. And you know this going in. Well, Dendrion had this this drug called Provenge that was supposedly, they, they were touting, as the answer to metastatic prostate cancer. Okay, now that's a death sentence if you get that diagnosis. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. So, they, I mean, because it's already spread, all right? And they boy, oh, boy, are you done. So they thought they had the answer to this. When the data finally comes in, it shows that, it, number one, it costs $100,000, and number two, it statistically you get four months, and, and you die anyway. Well, <laughs> needless to say, the company crashed, ultimately. But for quite a while, it was everybody was all piled in on this thing, and it was going to be the answer to everyone's prayers for, for a terrible disease. Well, it wasn't. We do this all the time. But when we have drugs that fail on safety, we need to change the culture in this country and internationally. If you have a drug that fails on safety, it's poison. I don't care how you try to argue it later on. It, the reason that you failed on safety is because it caused it was a poison. Okay, yep. period. Now, remdesivir had failed twice. It was originally a, an attempt at a cancer treatment. It failed on safety. It was then tried, repurposed for Ebola, which, of course, is I mean, good God, if you get Ebola, you're you're in a lot yeah. of trouble, right? And not only did it fail. To, to save people, the people who got the drug died more frequently than people who got nothing. But still, okay. there's so much money behind it, they kept pushing it. Well, it failed twice. Yeah. Point being, we knew it was a poison twice. It failed on safety two times. And yet, to this day, CMS pays a bonus to every hospital that uses it against anyone that comes in there with COVID. 20% if you follow the protocol, which happens to include this, even though a huge multinational study said it's worthless against COVID, it does not work. Now, that doesn't mean that for some people, they don't get benefit. It just means statistically it does work. Well, you know, it's, it's, when you some of the stuff that, that I read, and the weird part is, I, I mean, after break, we'll, we'll talk more about those. We'll, I'll be getting questions all week about those labor numbers, Carl, and you're the man. Uh, we... I, when this COVID first started, I and they were doing with the mask thing, right? And uh, so yeah. I, I dug into the internet and I, I didn't run it off, which I should have because I lose stuff. I can't, I can't ever find it again, or maybe it's scrubbed. I don't know. There was a study, I would say 1918, done by Harvard. Now maybe the masks weren't the same. I mean, whatever. Pe- the people obviously were different. They're all dead. They did. It didn't work. Yeah. Well, they no, they did a study on uh, it was a uh, TB, and they, right. said, they said that actually masks. Uh, uh, 
up to three feet were very were very effective. So if you're if you're actually treating a patient or something, but once you got to six feet, you almost didn't need them, or there was some number there. And uh, they, and they did you know this was done. It was it was the kind of the classic study, and then uh, you know I couldn't find that anymore. But then when they started doing the thing with the airlines, and all of a sudden the the airlines came out and they said it was safer in an airplane sitting next to somebody, you know, basically butt the elbow. Well, just because of the airflow, the way airflow works in an airliner, yeah. Well, they, they claim it was safer there than, like, walking outside, and I'm sitting there going, wait a minute. <laughs> who, who could possibly believe that? that, that well, it's, it, it has to do with the fact that the airflow is actually backwards from an airplane to how you would end up with, with something that's in the air getting into you. Okay, it's just it's it's just the way the airflow works. It it has no it's and the number of changes, and that's because a pressurized aircraft deliberately bleeds some of the air out through a valve in the back, and it's constantly getting I'm new gonna, air from the outside. I'm going to say it's uh, from the bleed air off the turbine. I'm going to say it's 65 percent recycled, 35 percent new, and there's no way on earth that that's better than walking along the lakefront. Oh no no no! It's I mean the the, the people you know one of the things that that really infuriated me was when people started talking about you know, the, the, the thing where you're in a national park you had yeah. to have a mask on if you're outside. That's right? what I'm saying. That's my point. I mean, it, it, and, and that's insane because the volume of exchanges that happens, even if you think there is no air, there is no wind. You're wrong because convection heats the ground. And the volume of air that gets turned over, and the number of turnovers—it's it's within you know within a second, you're not breathing the air that you were breathing before. And somebody who's standing next to you, there there is you know this this quarter of a second window where you could potentially have gotten something that was in whatever they exhaled. Well, I'm saying is the same Harvard group that said three feet was the number. Last time I checked, the person next to the airline is within three feet. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it, it, when you're talking about an airline, an airliner where you know there's three across, and you're, yeah. you're you know you're elbow to elbow. Come on, guys. Well, what do you make, uh, Carl? Uh, we'll lead into the second half. Or we got to talk about these labor numbers because nobody seems under. Everybody's yeah. talking about. But the other thing is the, the the incredible moves. We had an eighty eighty point spool move yesterday. We had eighty point the day before. There, there is it, is it market fabric? Is it just uh, people that uh, you know these, these the news that comes out is just so relevant that it changes things back and forth. I mean, uh, you know that I that it, it actually that we deserve these kind of swings or we don't deserve them. And what what is sort of causing it? It's getting people a little afraid. I'll tell you what we we do a managed program where we uh, you know protect the index program. I think everybody knows that. I there's been years, Carl, when we had to make a, an adjustment once a month. Now we're, we're, there's there's weeks where we make every day. I mean, it, 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 this is crazy. I mean, it's first of all, it's a hell of a lot of work, <laughs> you know. But secondly, it's do, do we not know if we're on foot or horseback here or what? Did that, you know, one day one day we're going to the moon, the next day we're going to zero. I mean, uh, chief, you just have to you just have to look at what we have set this up. We deserve this. The people in the market deserve this. The <laughs> people who who have pushed the sense that we need to have negative real interest rates in order for people to make money in the market. That is BS. All you do is create bubbles. And now what you have is everybody in the market believes that despite all the the jawboning out of Powell, that he's not actually going to establish a positive interest rate environment and hold it. 
and and they keep coming up with reasons why he won't and can't. One of them being our Congress. And you just heard during the State Union, you just heard the latest incantation of the Republicans going to push rain down the stairs. Who remembers the 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 TV advertisement? Which, by the way, these days, if it was done by a Republican, would get you banned off social media. But it was actually run on national television of of the, the little old lady in the wheelchair being literally dumped off a cliff. Oh yeah, I remember that. Wait, okay, right? I, and, and by the way, this goes all the way back to first Bush when they were doing stick figure ones, and now you know, then then of course you know the ads got a little more sophisticated. But this is nothing new, and it has to stop because you can't get the inflation problem under control if you don't. We were sequestering it overseas through overseas trade. That's gone as a result of the Russia-Ukraine thing. It's not going to come back. There is no one who is ever going to believe that the United States and other nations will not act as bullies and seize assets whenever they feel like it. And as a result, the idea that the dollar is the place where international trade should be sequestered during the time that goods are in transit is off the table. You now want to be paid in your local currency because you do not have to deal with Washington or London or, or you know, Paris or whatever. You don't have to deal yeah, with you, any you, of those guys saying, hey, guess what, F you, we're going to seize all your stuff. Well, SP Futures down 20, and SP Futures down 96. And the problem with that is if your local guy's inflating his economy, that stuff's wor- not worth anything either. It's, it's, but, but at least you know what it is and you have some control over it. Uh, tell that the people in Venezuela, Turkey, Argentina. Well, I, you know what? The, 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 yes, and that's why we shouldn't be doing stupid stuff like this because it ends like Venezuela and Argentina. Well, that's exactly right. We'll be right back, Stacks and Jacks. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to factor in the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other life decision. Your brain is smarter than your gut, and that's why you owe it to yourself to read Luckbox. We've made it easy because Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with timely, actionable trading ideas and equips you with savvy investing tactics you don't already know all while exploring how to live your best life through music spirits food sports travel fitness and a whole lot more luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on controlling their financial futures it's for overachievers and alpha types who don't buy into wall street's investment gurus it's for mavericks who believe in life luxury and the pursuit of happiness it's for you smart investors don't bet on possibilities they play the probabilities luckbox is 7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Hello, this is Tom Howe, the Chief. We've talked a lot on the show about risk and suitability, about how your portfolio should match your age, income, and risk appetite. It's been hard for investors to maintain that suitability in the last several years due to a Fed strategy that has driven interest rates to virtually zero. You may have even heard that the Fed was trying to drive conservative investors to a riskier portfolio on purpose, for whatever reason. I'm sure you're aware of investors that took some increased risk, such as longer-term fixed-income securities, and are now unhappy with their choice. At PTI, we've always stressed total portfolio risk awareness and tried to minimize chasing returns in a tough environment. Well, now it looks like maybe interest rates are moving more towards historical levels. Everyone needs to be aware of what that continued movement might do to your portfolio, both good and bad. We also have a stock market that seems to have stalled, at least for the short term. 
I think it is time for everyone to take a serious look at their goals, their risks, and their portfolios. Do they match? If not, we can help. We have a signature protected index program. We have ways to hedge against interest risk. We can make that portfolio right for you again. Go to PTISecurities.com or call us right now. The market can change very rapidly. That's PTISecurities.com. Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Here, right now, right here, right now. Hello, everyone, folks. Thanks to Jacks. I'm Tom Almond. Yeah, Weber on the board. Uh, SP Futures down 20, NASDAQ Futures down 98. Heading for kind of a crummy week here, which would be the worst week in two months if we hang here. I don't know who knows if we will. We've been turning around every other day. Maybe we'll turn up today. Dow Futures down 108. Uh, individual stocks are down. We have CVX, Chevron, Texaco up two bucks, as well as up because uh, Russia says they're going to cut 500,000 barrels a day in March. Don't know what that's going to do to the oil prices worldwide. I mean, it may not. May actually screw them more than otherwise. Uh, Salesforce down 566. Home Depot down 233. So some stocks in the Dow that are down a reasonable amount. Microsoft down 287. It's been up, but now it's down today a little bit. Uh, Renasia, we've got the Nikkei up 86.3%. Uh, but we have Hang Seng down 433. That's over 2%. And they've given back some of the big rally from 14.5 to like 24. They're now 21,190. Shanghai down 9.3% uh, at 32.60. We're in Europe uh, down here. DAX down 218. That's 1.4%. Puts you down 54.7%. That's not too bad. Kick around, however, is down 88. That's 1.2%. So the FTSE is uh, the least worst over there. Uh, wave review yesterday. Dow was down 249. S&P down 36. NASDAQ down 120. Now, S&P was up. The futures were up 35 and were down 50-something on their low. So it was another 80-point swing day. Which we'll talk to, uh, uh, which we'll talk to Carl about in a second. Uh, bonds uh, up one basis point, three point seven zero. Went up two basis points, two point three four. Japan, point four nine five. Call it point five. Right at the the upper level of where they are going to let that thing move. And again, that's another Carl question we get back. Uh, UK up five basis points, three point three four. Oil. And this is the big news this morning, but it's only up seventy nine cents now, which is one percent. It was up more earlier, seventy eight eighty five. So. The Russia announcement um, had oil up two percent, and now it's only up one percent. So Brent's up a dollar even, eighty-five fifty. Natural gas unchanged, two forty-three. Our Bob up three cents, two forty-eight. We've got gold down two ninety, eighteen seventy-five. Struggling to get back to nineteen hundred, it may not. Silver up four cents, twenty-two eighteen. Copper down four cents, four oh five. We've got Bitcoin down two eleven, twenty-one thousand seven eighty-two. So it was over twenty-three thousand on Tuesday, not anymore. And we have the U.S. dollar. Um, actually, uh, moving up today pretty strong because the, 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 Euro, the euro is down to under 107, 106.8, and the British pound is not, not down as much, but it's 121 after it's being 123 for quite a while. Matt, what do you got for us, Traffic Weather Sports? 38 minutes past the hour. Good morning once again to everyone out there. We have one crash uh, affecting the expressways right now this morning, and that's on the inbound Stevenson. Northbound side just before County Line Road, which is exit 276, there's a crash that's been moved to the right shoulder, and that's causing a stop-and-go traffic coming inbound on I-55. So expect delays as you navigate around that. But uh, everything else is all quiet out there. Uh, if you're heading into downtown on a Friday morning, light traffic on the rest of the expressways um, with a little bit of buildup on the uh, inbound Kennedy from an earlier crash at Austin that's been cleared. Off the expressways, one crash to reports on the south side, 87th and South Damon, there is a crash involving multi-vehicles. 
Weather today, lots of sunshine, uh, cold temperatures, a high of 36. Right now it is clear and 35 degrees downtown. For our Phoenix listeners, sunshine with a high of 72. Right now it's clear and 50. In sports, the Bulls and Suns both lost last night. Bulls losing to the Nets 116-105. Suns lost to the Hawks 116-107. But they're awaiting the arrival of their coveted new superstar Kevin Durant, who they acquired in the big trade with Brooklyn. In hockey uh, last night, Hawks and Coyotes were both off. They'll play tonight at the United Center against each other. That game uh, puck drops at 7.30 at the UC. Lastly, Northwestern uh, wins at Ohio State 69-63. The Wildcats are 8-5 in the Big Ten and looking like they are going to make the tournament this year. Chief. Um, how many Big Ten teams are going to make it? Indiana, I think, will. They're, they're, yeah, they're they have it uh, between 8 and 9 right now, it looks like, um, out of the Big Ten. But uh, Purdue, the only sort of Final Four contender. Although a lot of people like Indiana and Illinois, even though they've you know have been up and down, that they could make a run. Um, to get back to this, Carl, uh, Mr. Weber was was a headline here about cocoa water being good for cocktails and hangovers. Coconut uh, water. Coconut water. Yeah. Um, what? So what? Uh, what do you put that in? Is it vodka and coconut water? Or what well, I've it? never had it with alcohol. Um, in fact, it. Oh, it sounds well. You know, hair of the dog, right? Yeah. But coconut water, if you see it in the supermarket, it's expensive. But um, it, it, it truly is magic when it comes to uh, curing a hangover. It's, it's unbelievable. Mm, okay. I don't know what it is. I mean, it, 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 I'm not saying it's better than like Pedialyte or something or just chugging a bunch of water. But something about it, it is, you drink one of those coconut waters and your hangover is gone. No, I'm going to bet. Well, uh, that's because you believe it'll work. That could be too. <laughs> God. So, Carl, what uh, we have... A lot of discrepancies, shall we say, in the market. We have uh, some industries where, where Kevin talks in distribution areas that we are actually making some progress, I think, and bringing some stuff, I won't say back from overseas, but we're, we're starting to do some stuff here. My uh, my nephew is my he's my, my, my pulse of the, the manufacturing service industry here in Chicago, says that they have way more business than they than they can deal with because they didn't have any for so many years that all of a sudden everything's falling apart on everybody that has had these machines that are however many years old and they could use, you know, five more people tomorrow if they were the right people. Right. They, they just bought some uh, fancy new machine at the machine show that just uh, was delivered last week and the guy's coming this week to teach them all how to use it, some interesting software stuff and he says they could use probably one or two that they almost bought and didn't even right now and so, so it's like it's a, a tale of some of that stuff. I think is happening. How quickly uh, the training can take place, and whether people are willing to essentially bet their lives that ten years from now it's still going to be an okay. I mean, that's I mean, you know probably better than most, Carl, because you spend a lot of time here in Chicago. If there ever is a city that is, uh, shall we say, skeptical about the Trump, Biden, all these people bringing this stuff back, it's the city of Chicago. Because we had nothing but manufacturing here with service industries, and the place was was vibrant. It was like an anthill with, with all that stuff. And now, and now it's gone. And now it's gone, and now you're telling people this building, this, this business that you've barely hung on to, making spare parts for Korean and, and, and Chinese machines. Now, guess what? You need to be ten times bigger. And, oh, by the way, try and buy some parts for your stuff because there's nobody making that. Uh, just, you know, Now it's time to have your kids take the industry over from you and by the way they're going to retire from there and everything else it, that, that's, a, that's a tough story to tell in this town even though 
I really hope it's true, Carl. Do you think it is, or is it or not? Well, it has to be true if we're going to have anything going on uh, from a country perspective within the next you know, ten or twenty years. It's the the labor numbers. You keep telling us the same story, and they've been telling us this story for the last two decades, and we don't want to hear it. And yet, I, I see evidence of this all over the place. I just got back from Colorado. I was out of Wolf Creek skiing with my daughter. And the, the distinction is, it could not be more stark, okay? I, I stayed off the freeway on the way back because the state road's significantly shorter. If you stay away from 40, you don't go all the way down to 40 and come across from Amarillo. Um, and you actually come into 40, uh, somewhere around Oklahoma City, okay, so you're, you know, you're getting a, you, you get a good part of that in what used to be a major producing part of America, right? The middle of the country somewhere. The amount of destruction that you see of businesses that are, they're closed, they're gone, half of them, the buildings are falling down, nobody's, and, and here's the interesting thing, nobody's put up anything else there. Right. Yeah, no, no one else to live there? Is, well, there's a tractor supply here and there because, you know, there's farms. Right? Yep. yep. But the, the bar, and you can tell it was a bar and a, and a restaurant, um, it's, it's not only closed, the roof is caved in. Yeah. <laughs> it's never reopened. It's been gone for a long time. It didn't happen, you know, during COVID, right? I'm out there in, in Wolf Creek. There's a there's a there's a place uh, over near South Fork. It's called Three Barrels Brewing. Wonderful pizzas, calzones, and, and beer that's brewed in the building. Right, fabulous little place. I used to go in there before the the crazy. As as one of my favorite places to go get a pint and and have some fun after I got done skiing. We're over there, and two days in the middle of the week. They're closed, other than serving beer. They got one chick in there that's pulling pints for somebody that wants them. But the kitchen shut down, and the reason is they can't get any workers. Right. Okay? So, it, and this story is all over the place. A, a bunch of other places that used to be there, same deal. You are kind of breaking up. You got to move to a different spot in the room. You're sort of breaking up. Mr. Tech is kind of breaking up. Well, okay, I'll have to do that. Um, so that's, you know, that's one of the things that keeps happening, though. Yeah, I mean, and I think... Yet, well, but here's the thing, Chief. So then I'm, I'm driving back, right, and I go through Oklahoma City. I, I go to stop at a Texas roadhouse. It's 9 o'clock at night, and there's an hour wait. That's a franchise, right? Well, yeah, yeah. but, uh, you know, but literally the parking lot is stuffed full. Now there was a seat at the bar, so I managed to get some food. But this was all over the place. The, the and it's like, and, and, and so the, it's very spotty, right? You go, you go through some places, and, and by God, everybody is running the credit cards up like there's no tomorrow, and the world's going to end in an hour, right? And then in other places, there's nothing. I have uh, this, you know, I don't think it should come as a shock, but some of my clients, well, not just because they have me managing their stuff, but are really, really bright and successful people. I mean, uh, 
and it's probably you know kind of that's sort of the people I feel comfortable with anyway. And uh, I'm not trying to be all, all things to all people, but I had a conversation with one of the guys yesterday. I talked to him several times a week. Real good guy, and he and he's in uh, the, well, I mean he's in property business. I don't I don't go into his business that much. I don't ask, uh, but he. He says that he has a lot of wealthy friends, and in the last three years, they have outdistanced themselves. Whether whether it was money from the, I mean, I didn't ask. None of my business. Uh, he says they have outdistanced themselves. The guys that used to have, you know, twenty million dollars now have like ninety, or a hundred. I mean, they've yeah. they've distanced themselves from the rest of society. He goes in the last three years. He goes, I hear you talking about on the show with your guys. He goes, the the, the spread between the haves and the have-nots has never ballooned like this in the, it has in the last three years yeah. oh yeah it's just I mean it's it's gotten ridiculous but this this needs to stop and one of the things that you know that I've been hammering on for 20 years is that the, the medical mafia has to be broken up and destroyed and if we don't do it it's going to destroy this country and I have been pounding oh, this you're, world you're since I was right. running my internet company you're absolutely and right. it is it, and nowhere is it more evident than what you're seeing today we put 30,000 people approximately a month into employment. goes up every month in the tables yet, in that area. Yet the people who actually do the work, the nurses and the people like that. We're, not, we're not hiring nurses and doctors. We're hiring billing agents. Yeah, that's right. But what is the phenomenon, uh, for those who haven't been there, I actually when I bought my old junkie truck down in, uh, actually it wasn't junkie, it was nice, down in uh, uh, Tucson and drove it back. You go through Oklahoma City. What? Right. What is the? I'm going to say that the weird part about Oklahoma City is when you're in Chicago, you've got how many? Well, Illinois has more municipalities than any state in the country, right? By far, I mean uh, villages and towns and whatever. Well, I remember driving through Oklahoma City, and of course, I left. You know, it's way early; it's not not even light yet. And I'm out in the middle of middle of friggin' nowhere, Carl. And all of a sudden, I see a, a sign that says, "You've just entered Oklahoma City," and I'm like. <laughs> there isn't a city within within eyesight. You know, they, they must have annexed half the state, for God's sake. I mean, it's not it's not going to be like you know Chicago, where you know, you go five miles west and you're in like Cicero or someplace, or, right. or Lagrange. I mean, so, but I, I have to believe that a town like Oklahoma City. Uh, first of all, I pull into McDonald's, which I tell you what, Carl, if there's a place we ever wanted to own, you and I, and we'll bring Maddie with us. That McDonald's on the forty by Oklahoma City, there had to be 50, 60 pickup trucks of, of the most most incredible pickup trucks I've ever seen in this parking lot at like 5 a.m. I mean, I mean it, the place was doing a land office business. I'm going to say Oklahoma City with the oil and all the other stuff. Talk. I bet the, the difference between a roadhouse kind of place where those people go and, you, and, there's, a, and there's a wait versus the, the everyman saloon that, that the roof has caved in five years ago I don't think that that's out of line. I bet that's exactly what's happening. Yeah, and you know, the, inter- the other interesting thing was that I drove through an awful lot of land that had a, a pump jacks that were sitting there, many of them many of them very old and obviously obsolete equipment, and you know, nobody just bothered taking them off of the old wellhead because they had no value. Uh, but some of them not so old, and they weren't running. Well, when, you, when I used to drive skiing on I-80, I- Way on uh, western uh, Nebraska and those places, you'll see some guy. Well, I'd say farm, but who knows what they grow there? And you'll see what I used to call them the the, the bump bump uh, the bump bump pumps, where the thing looks like a, the 
like almost like a, a like a the rooster where the thing goes up and down like a little bit. Yeah, so yeah, it's a pump jack. That's what, what I'm talking about. What, what what are those things? How many? And there'd, there'd be a tank next to the thing, and it, is that is that powered by like electric or by and then the thing, or is it just is most it, of it nowadays is yeah. So there's there you know they have to run power out there. But what do you get, man? What do you uh, get? Like two barrels a day out of the thing, or what? I mean, it doesn't look like the tank next to it's very big. I don't know exactly how much you know you pull out of there, but the other thing that's that you see a lot of when you drive the you know the state roads is pretty clearly from the fracking and the natural gas because there's there's what appears to be a separator, uh, and that's that's probably for the solids, uh, and and yet. No pump jack, no, um, you know, no, none of that stuff, right? So my guess is, is that what you're seeing there is that's uh, that is, that is basically the wellhead separator for a natural for fracked natural gas well, and then that goes into a pipe. Okay, because the ones I way out there looks to me like there's a tank and somebody must go out and drain it every once in a while. Well, yeah, there is, but that's you know the 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 gas that comes out of the well is not dry. Okay, and, and it has to be before it goes into the pipe, otherwise you'll have all kinds of corrosion problems and things like that. So there's a, there's a separator that has okay. to, the separation process has to take place. Um, would you mind if we shifted a little bit into, obviously the, the president called for, uh, you know, tax on, on the, the rich and all that kind of stuff, and of course it's a nan. Yeah. It's a nan. This, this, this weird part, because we're talking about it, who was it, was it uh, Russell or somebody the other day, we're talking about, that the, the the Republican Party's love for big business, even though big business seems to have just ditched them a little bit, uh, is kind of crazy. But I I don't know how. Maybe if I go to the debtclock.org, as you know, being somebody who's an entrepreneur my whole life, I don't want to pay any taxes that I don't have to. I mean, I I want I want the government to be efficient, and if they were, I think I'd pay a lot less. And I don't I don't ever want to see taxes go up. I mean, but by the same token. I realize that the, the, that, the, that the amount of power and wealth the the top 100 or 200 corporations have is gone is gone almost like viral, and that they only pay seven percent of the country's tax, down from like eighteen percent 25 years ago. Yeah, uh, I mean, I don't want to see stuff go up, but yet I I know that's not right, Carl. I mean, it there doesn't seem to be right. I mean, I don't understand why. Explain to me this. You know, I know you're. Well, you and Kevin are conservative, but you guys are a different kind of conservatives. You're conservatives, but most of, most of what you want is in the is in the middle. You're you're moderate conservatives. But I mean, what what is wrong with a corporation paying the same amount as a person and deducting the dividends and not paying twice? Why, why, well, because why? Uh, well, because you have all these lobbyists. I mean, <laughs> well, who's, who's, why is it that that you can have corporations of all sorts? Uh, blatantly ignore hundred plus year old antitrust laws. Okay, the, the collusion. We we now know factually that Trusted News Initiative was a foil for media organizations, including big tech. Okay, so there's Microsoft, Google, Twitter, Facebook, now Meta. Okay, and, and a handful of others. Reuters, Associated Press. All these organizations that got together and decided what was considered acceptable speech in the public square prior to the 2020 elections and having to do with this virus. And if you did not stand within those lines, you got thrown off those platforms and blackballed from the major media. That is illegal 
It has been illegal for 100 years. Um, I got one worse for you, in the same vein. I know a doctor, and I won't say he or she, although it's a she, uh, said <laughs> she, she got a letter from uh, Illinois, whatever it was, saying if you uh, go out there and, and opine on not, giving, not getting shots or anything like that, we're going to take your license. Well, see, this, but this sort of activity, that, that sort of collusive act, and I don't care where, you, where it is or in what topic, that has been illegal for over 100 years. When I was running my internet company, I wouldn't even go have a beer with one of my competitors' CEOs. Well, absolutely. The CBOE. Okay, because, because I never knew if, that, if one of those guys was a Fed, and the next thing that was going to happen was I'd show up in the morning and there'd be a black SUV out in front of the office with a pair of handcuffs for me. The chances of, when I was on the board of the CBOE in the 90s, Duke Chapman or Chuck Henry, who were very, very honorable people, by the way, the chances of them calling up the head of the Peacoast or the head of the Philly or someplace and saying, let's go play golf and like no talk, talk, talk about how to raise prices, that was not going to happen. That was not going to, they wouldn't even, they wouldn't even think about it. No, because they knew what would happen if they did. Well, they, plus they thought it was right. They thought that they could. Well, well, yeah, but I mean, but, but leave aside whether or not they thought it was a right or wrong thing to do. They knew that there was a pretty good chance it was going to get busted and go to jail. Well, I don't, yeah, I don't know if, they, if even then you went to jail, but it would have been not good. Uh, well, it's a felony. You can you do 10 yeah. years. Well, so I guess, the, 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 I mean, I see you writing all this stuff. You come on the show. You donate your time. So do I. So does Mr. Weber. Uh, so do people. But I I don't want to see anybody shooting anybody, Carl, but I don't know. I don't know how the, the regular citizen turns this bus around without... I mean, in, in our society, we're supposed to turn it around at the ballot box. But I don't think anybody, whoever is any a real maverick, except even for Trump, managed to, to get there because the Republican Party, you know, had nine people on the stage and all of these debates. But whatever, however he got there, he has a skill set. He got in there, but of course he didn't seem to have... Either he couldn't get the cooperation to change anything, which I think is partially true. Plus, he didn't have the personality to follow anything through either and, and made enemies everywhere he went. So, so combination of those three things made him very ineffective in my mind which I rather would, would rather have him been effective because it would show that someone from the outside actually could get in and do something but how exactly are you and I other than talking to people about it and trying to educate I don't want to I don't want to wear a sandwich sign down the street I surely don't want to get a gun and go shooting politicians that's because that's not right no matter how bad they are that's not right I mean but somewhere this has to turn around and I don't see a guy like Elliot Spitzer wasn't perfect but they they thought somebody saw him as a threat and neutralized him. Gary Hart maybe the same way. Nobody gets the, no nobody can get anywhere without being taken apart by whoever these people are. I, I, I don't I don't see a way here. I mean, and I, I don't want anybody getting hurt. Well, unfortunately, whether you like it or not, whether I like it or not, and I don't like it, uh, history says that unless there is at least a credible threat of bad things happening. They don't care. Yeah, I mean, uh, you don't have to actually do it, but they have to believe that if they don't cut it out, you will. And and that, uh, sadly, is the history of of politics when you have groups that get together and collude, and then you have the industry that gets involved in it, and you have and this is the entire reason that the Sherman and Clayton Acts actually meant something when they were passed is that. You know, I'm going to go shoot politicians 
is obviously an extraordinarily antisocial and extreme reaction to anything, right? Oh, yeah. But the reality is, is that the guys in the black cars are going to show up, they're going to throw handcuffs on me and throw me in prison for 10 years. Guess what? That's the same thing. It's just the government with the, with the guns, right? Because you know, if you say I'm not going, they shoot you. We, gotta, <laughs> we have to dash, but next week, if we can make a note, uh, Matty will make a note. I, I'm just kind of curious as to how some of these these acts even gotten even got passed. They were hard, I mean, well, because the people because the people got tired of it and said we're not going to put up with it anymore. And if you don't, we're going to come in. We're going to drag every one of you out of the Capitol building by your hair. Well, but I mean, in 1982 and 83, when we deregulated all these industries and even and even designed the CBOE as an open system, the mentality of that. Is, was so unusual. It just, I mean, it just humor me and let's go through the history of it a little bit next week because the, the thought yeah. process is so different than it is now. SP Futures oh, yeah, down, absolutely. SP down 20 and SP Futures down 95. I'll be back on Monday. Stocks and Jacks. Maddie, great, good to have, see you on a Friday. See you again next Tuesday. Uh, be back on Monday. Stocks and Jacks. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go. Stocks and Jocks is brought to you by PTI Securities and Futures. Go to PTISecurities.com. PTI Pro Direct. Trade for as low as a penny per share and a dollar per option contract. Learn more at PTIProDirect.com. Nadex. Offering an intuitive way to trade the financial markets. Visit Nadex.com. Home Source Realty. Call Audrey Johnson at 708 349 3456. Hamzi Analytics. Listen to Fari Hamzi every other Thursday and visit HamziAnalytics.com. Cairo Med. Back or neck pain? Schedule a complimentary consultation by calling 708-403-2727. DAX Research. Tune in for David Andelman's technical analysis on Mondays and Thursdays and call 1-800-821-4968.